Do you want to achieve your max? Check out cardomax.com. Owned and operated by former Navy SEAL Sean Madsen. They've got a couple different products that you guys can check out. They've got the Energy Intensifier, which is filled with BCAAs, um, B12, B6, and 200 milligrams of caffeine in four different flavors, watermelon, grape, uh, pink raspberry, or blue raspberry rather, and pink lemonade. Uh, they also have hydration ones that has a whole bunch of stuff in it, but I, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce it because I couldn't even pronounce uh, some other stuff that I did in some prior promo codes. So um, the hydration stuff has raspberry and lemon lime, really good. And then if you need some help with your immune system, they also have immune, immune boosters um, that are in the orange and watermelon. They have a whole bunch of vitamin C and some other things in it to help you out. And they also have a recovery um solution that you can use that comes in a cherry lime and a grape and these have a whole bunch of bcaas and vitamins and vitamins in it as well so please go check them out um their stuff tastes really good i really enjoy it um you know i try and tailor back from the caffeine a little bit just because uh, i find myself just dumping a whole bunch of packets in there because they taste so good. So it's nice to kind of get a variety pack, if you will, because um, at least I can try the um, energy intensifier in the morning or kind of when I'm dying in the afternoon. And then late at night when I still want some flavor in my water, I throw in the immune booster or even the uh, recovery drinks. Um, and then who doesn't need hydration? So check them out. Uh, promo code one's ready at checkout. We'll get you a discount. They support us, so we support them. We don't get anything from it, but um, definitely go check them out because their stuff is on fire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. I have to let you know in case you have your uh, podcast on shuffle. This is the Ones Ready Podcast, and we have a guest today. And I was thinking about it the other uh, the other morning in the shower, which is weird, but I don't want to give you that mental picture, but that's where I do a lot of my thinking. And I was thinking about things that I don't enjoy about the Air Force. And one of the things I don't enjoy about the Air Force is... Uh, some like the PME courses or other things that we do where people like to talk about uh, the, uh, the the Air Force core values and like the, the the creed and all this other stuff that I just don't like that whole like getting it pushed into my head and just repeating it. And it's like fake and all that other stuff. But I realized I really do care about those things. And those are values I actually care about. And the people that embody those values and don't have to talk about them all the time are the kind of people that I enjoy being around. I enjoy working with. And as I look through our guest list, whether they're special warfare or not, I've noticed that almost everybody that we've had on, I shouldn't say almost, I should say everybody, everybody that we've had on are those type of people that embody those core values. They don't have to talk about it. And today is no exception. We have Senior Master Sergeant Josh Leonard on. Uh, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, please introduce yourself. Hey, appreciate it, man. Uh, well, uh, appreciate you guys having me on, man. Thank you guys so much, man. Super excited to be here today. Um, just a little bit about myself, Joshua Leonard, man, in the Air Force. I've uh, been in the Air Force uh, a little over 17 years now, man. Uh, married, three amazing kids, man. Been married almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years uh, March next year. Um, and then uh, we have a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 9-year-old, man. So we ended up starting all over again. But uh, just a little bit about my career, man. Um I was stationed at Bill Air Force Base as a young airman. I'm a services guru by trade, man. So fitness, food, lodging, mortuary, postal, all that good stuff. Uh, stationed at Bill, then we went to the Netherlands, uh, which was an amazing assignment. If you can get overseas, I tell you right now, man, that's the place to be right there. Uh, then we went to uh, Ramstein, uh, Germany, uh, where I was a silver flag instructor, where we taught bear base setup and all that good stuff, man. And then um, I was selected. Uh, as an MTI, which, uh, long story short, man, I didn't want the assignment, didn't want nothing to do with that bad boy, but it turned out, it turned out to be one of my favorite assignments, man, where I grew so much and I got to see um, the Air Force grow uh, tremendously as well. And so uh, from there, I was a, a sustainment superintendent at Little Rock Air Force Base. Uh, and then from Little Rock, uh, now I just transitioned uh, to the DMV area, DC, Maryland, Virginia area, uh, where I'll be a legislative fellow. Uh, working on at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, man. So we can talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But uh, but yeah, man, super excited to be here, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Let's get it. No, no, <laughs> gotta love that energy, especially after the world's longest intro from Trent. That I, I, I wasn't even sure what we were talking about. I was like, <laughs> the worst thing about the intro is I look over Aaron's face and he's like giving me that look, like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening right now. 
I was like, there I was sometimes. sometimes I don't get around. Like, land the train. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> land the plane, Trent. Land the plane. What are we talking about? I know. I know. So, J- Josh, I, I want to start with, uh, and I, my favorite place to start is before you've joined. You know, when you got <laughs> teenager Josh, and now you're you're in D.C. You know, it's been quite the the road. What what were you thinking when you joined, and why did you join, and did you ever imagine that you would be a, you know, I don't even know what a legislative fellow even means, but like it sounds yeah. pretty important. Yeah. It, yeah. So I kind of like you said, I'll start from the beginning, and I'll hit you with a little bit about what the legislative fellow brings. But um, yeah, I'll be honest, man. I was uh, uh, seventeen years old uh, when I met my wife, or when me and my wife got married, man, and so uh, had to get emancipated and all that good stuff. And my wife was pregnant at the time, and so. Uh, the only thing I was thinking, man, was like, yo, I, I got to figure out what I'm going to do, man. I got a We got a kid on the way. And I knew that I wasn't going to be a father that was just going to be in and out of my kid's life. And so I really wanted to make an impact. I grew up without a father. Uh, I was homeless uh, before I joined the military. Um, and uh, I didn't even have my uh, my high school diploma, man. I ended up having to get my GED. Uh, and then during that time, the Air Force was like, yo, you can't you can't join with just your GED. You have to get 15 college credits. And so I ended up getting 15 college credits. I set it up to where I was like, yo, I'm going to get the credits that I need so that I can prepare my future for a degree and so on and so forth. Um, and so I started doing like preparatory classes, like preparatory math and history and all that good stuff. Well, I came back and the Air Force was like, nah, you, you can't take preparatory classes. You got to take like actual credit classes. And so I was like, crap. So it ended up taking me a year just to join the military. Um, but I ended up going to college at uh, during the day and then working at night because back then they didn't have online classes. man. So um, so I ended up uh, getting my my 15 college credits. They finally let me join. Um, I was trying to come in as a security forces guru. Um, you know, back when you're young, man, you thought you was you. I was in it to win it, man. That there was like, yo, combat control. I was like, yo, let's get it. My wife was like, nah, you ain't doing none of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like right, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna do this, and she was like, no, you are not. And I was like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, all right, honey. Now that sounds good. What what should we do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just go open general. You know, figure it out. <laughs> so I ended up going. I want to pause. I want to pause you here because there's something so, like this story is ridiculous. So it's 17 years old, and this is after 2001, right? Like so, 17 years yeah. ago. I mean, that was what 2004, yeah. 2005. So uh, yeah. 17 years old, you don't even have the the requisite GED to get in. You're going in open general at the height of GWAT because yeah. you wanted to serve your country, and you had to get emancipated to do so. Like. Holy crap, man. That's that's a pretty yeah. high dedication to service. We, we just had a podcast where we're talking about, you know, we're getting a little bit frustrated with people not doing enough work before they come to yeah. us and ask questions. And here you are homeless, taking classes, getting emancipated and enlisting open general in a time of war just because you want to get in. Hey, everybody. That's what we're talking about when we say do your homework and be dedicated to it. So I didn't want to interrupt, but I, I thought it was important to highlight because it was just so important that. You know, you did all these things to to get in, man. That's kudos to you. No, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, I, I would tell you, uh, you know, three three things I really live by, and that's be humble, stay hungry, and always hustle. You know what I mean? And I, I got to give credit to the book uh, that that I got that from. I kind of tweak it to make it my own, but H uh, three leadership. Um, but be humble, stay hungry, and always hustle. And man, like that that's been my mantra since since the beginning, man. It's, hey, let's get after it. Let's figure things out. And uh, and I want to be successful in finding that why. And my why was my kids. Like I told you all from the very beginning, my why was, man, I want to be successful for my kids so that my kids have an example uh, that they can look to to be like, man, all right, cool. I may not go the same direction as my dad, but I, I want to be I, he inspires me to be great in general. And so that was the, that was the mindset uh, going into that. But, yeah. So, man, finally joined the military. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you, when I joined, I had no idea what I wanted to do, man. Like I was just like services. All right, cool. Let's figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not a chef by any means. Matter of fact, my first base, I burnt the rice and they're like, yeah, we're going to take you out of the dining room. We're going to take <laughs> you out of the defect. <laughs> you know what I'm and so they, they took me out of defect, threw me in honor guard, man. And, and uh, I had an amazing chief mentor, man. And, and, um, and he just kind of set the path for me, set me on the, uh, uh, where I needed to go. And I just been kind of following that ever since, man. And, 
I never imagined that I would be in the position that I'm in now as a legislative fellow. Matter of fact, when I found out I got selected, they also told me that, yo, you're the first services guru to ever get selected for this position. And uh, and so what that position really entails is uh, you're essentially working for the DOD as a whole um, and you're working on Capitol Hill and you're kind of being that that military liaison uh, to do legislative affairs uh, to, you know, essentially get things financed for bases uh, around the nation and around the world. Um, and that's kind of like the short condensed version of it. But yeah, man, I, I don't I'll be honest with you to to answer your question fully. I have no idea how I got here. Uh, I don't know if I can speak too much on it, but I will tell you, man, that I, my faith is huge uh, to me. And so, you know, I definitely give all credit to God, man, to, to that got me from where I was to where I am today, for sure. So, so it's pretty cool that you got um, like for those that don't know it. That, that whole legislative affair, and I know that you're just kind of getting into the seat and everything like that, so uh, I won't hit on it too too much. But like, because I've got two buddies that actually do that same thing. I know one, I believe, has already left. The other one's finishing up his last stint up there. But that is an, an extremely selective process to do. I mean, it, it's not like, you know, it's, it's a normal assignment. Hey, you're going to go up to D.C. Everybody gets a chance to go do that. That is not the case at all. This is... It is highly selective and very scrutinized, um, and and like it, that's impressive. Like one, congrats to you. Two is, man, you're going to the the level of people and the amount of people that you're going to get a chance to not only meet but but mingle with and in the conversation. Like you're just going to be present and involved in some of these high level conversations, which is incredible. And I and I know you know I'm not telling you something you don't already know, but like. Man, well done. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. I'll be honest, man. I, I'm I was super humbled when they when they told me that they were going to select me. I was like, what? Like, I didn't even think I really had a chance. Be honest with you, and and uh, and so they told me to process the selective process. So there's once you get to apply once a year, um, and there's four main positions for the Air Force, and uh, they have one position for the Space Force now, uh, and I think they're going to open it up to two positions for the Space Force next year. Uh, don't hold me to that, though. But I think there's going to be six positions uh, next year. Uh, and I will tell you that even they, they are honestly looking for uh, uh, the special warfare gurus as well, man, just because of their background, their experience and so on and so forth. I know it's hard to get outside of that career field. Um, um, but, yeah, they are looking for those type of individuals because of how much uh, um, how much special warfare impacts what we do on a day to day basis. So from a financial perspective, they're always looking for that wisdom and that experience. Uh, to bring to that level for sure. But yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. Super humbled. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going in here and they all they're telling me is like, yo, you're never going to know what you're doing. <laughs> you just got to figure it out as you go. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get it. That was kind of the feedback that I've gotten from my buddies. But um, so take it a step back and go into services. And you you kind of mentioned it at the beginning. Um, you know, you, you said, you know, fitness center, mortuary affairs, it, and on, I mean, you just made a list. So that's something that is very unique to the Air Forces. You know, we, we've talked about it on here, multi-capable airmen and that kind of stuff. But this is a little different because um, a lot, many of the multi-capable airmen are, they have to be trained um, to, you know, to do these extra jobs. But this is very much like uh, Air Force Special Warfare. You guys inherently are multi-capable in terms of doing like you guys have just a laundry list of things that you guys can do. And it's not like you're, you're doing one thing, one, you know, for the, your entire career, like you guys will swap all throughout. So sure. you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think when they, when they started bringing out MCA, when they started bringing out the multi-capable airmen, like the services gurus, we all looked at each other like, yeah, we're already kind of doing that right now. You know what I mean? Um, because, be honest with you, let, you know, I think the big thing that a lot of people miss is that the services is is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Air Force, right? People look at it and be like, oh, man, I ain't trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest with ourselves. And so, um, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, man, like, it's been, this has been an amazing journey. It's been an awesome opportunity. Um, it's not an, it's not an extremely hard job uh, by any means, uh, but it can be serious, right? Because Honor Guard falls into that uh, into that, that FSS echelon 
um, it, for, uh, that for support echelon. Uh, and and uh, uh, and so when you're talking about dining facility and I can go from the dining facility to the defect and then I can go from the defect to the mortuary, especially in a deployed location. And, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to do uh, to deal with uh, human remains coming back from Iraq, man. I've had, uh, you know, coming back from Africa, you know, so. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a, an extremely dedicated process. Uh, and we feel like there's a lot of times where we don't get all the training that we need. Um, and so it's really a lot of digging into to Air Force instructions and so on, so on, just trying to figure it out. Right. Um, and so. Uh, but yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been an awesome journey and uh, and I appreciate it. Right. And I think uh, I hope my hope is, is that I can be some sort of an ambassador for the services career field as a whole, because I think that it is misconstrued. Right. I think that um, I think leadership starts at the point of services. Can I be honest with you? Right. Like I think servant leadership is the key to what we do. And so from a services perspective, we serve people on a just a multitude of fronts. And so um, just starting there from a leadership perspective to humble yourself to be like, yo, man, I may not like this, but I know that it's for the betterment of the team. Uh, and I know that it will make the team better simply because I'm willing to do it. And so uh, that's just kind of been my mindset throughout my career when it comes to services. For sure. Well, and having all those things out there, there's a, a lot of opportunities to find stuff that you gravitate towards, that you're good at, a lot of opportunity to shine and to move up through the ranks. And you say that it's not a difficult job, but I would venture to guess that as you move up and into those leadership roles, with with the breadth of things that you cover uh, as services, like you're like as an airman, right, doing whatever at the DFAC, it's probably not that hard of a job. But as a, a master or senior, when you're running teams of people, and they're kind of all over the place and you're, you're overseeing all of it. it, it it's got to get pretty complicated pretty quick. Oh, man, I'm glad you said that, because, uh, yeah, I mean, when I when <laughs> so I came from being an MTI to going straight in. it. I made I made a uh, senior master sergeant while I was an MTI and then I had to go run the sustainment flight. Right. And that's you're looking at about two, three hundred people wherever you're at. Right. Depending on where you're at. And uh, and so I got to go from a place where. One, I spent a lot of time outside of the quote unquote services career field because I was a silver flag instructor, which is still technically part of services. Um, but I'm training. I'm an instructor more than anything. And then I went right into BMT. And then from BMT, I go right into running this whole flight. And so I had to humble myself real quick. Right. And say, hey, team. So I looked at my master and was like, yo, team, like, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how to run a defect. I have no idea how to run a dining facility. And so I'm going to need your expertise to help me make the decisions that I need to make so that we can set a, set ourselves up for success. And so, yeah, man, it's on a totally different level. And so now I'm, you know, when you look at services, you look, you think of defect fitness, like you're literally running those entities for an entire base. Right. And a lot of times, especially where I came from little rock, we had multiple match comms on our base. And so you're running these entities specifically for all of these people, we had 10 K people that we are running these facilities for. And so, yeah, it's man, it's on a whole nother level. And you, I mean, again, as the redheaded stepchild, right, you're getting hit with questions like, yo, why is, why is there no more towels for the, for the fitness center? Like, yo, calm down, bring your own towel. You'll be all right. You know I mean? <laughs> well, that's a yeah. funny, uh, funny thing too. And everybody in the comments, leave a, uh, leave a comment on how to fix my audio since y'all know better. I, I don't know what's going on with it. Sorry. But, uh, Josh, one of those things is like people, we all talk smack, right? And you already kind of alluded to it yourself. You like services, everybody kind of like clowns on services. However, watch how mad people get when they can't go to the defect when it's not open. Watch what, watch what happens when people can't get that workout. Watch what happens when you delay. What, what happens when the hot water doesn't work at the gym? Who has to handle that for, you know, 250 people at 5 a.m. like y'all yep. do? Like, I, I'm always resistant to the whole, like, man, without, without you guys things simply do not run. It comes to a, yep. scree a screeching halt. Like, things do not happen. Um, so, I, man, I, I, I totally get what you're saying when you're like, listen, it's not, like, hard. It's not, like, a physically demanding or super intense job. But its core function simply allows for everything else to happen. Like, it is literally the bedrock for everything that we do. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's why I'm so I'm so honored to be in it, man, because we so we support so many people, dude. So I think I think it's super awesome. But yeah, you're right. We get we get off the wall questions and concerns and gripes, moans, groans, complaints all the time, man. So but yeah. 
But you, uh, coming from that, that TI position, I don't know, we've all been instructors, uh, before and, and we've talked about what it, what it did for all of us and, and, and mindset and everything. But coming out of that position, and you said you didn't want to be an MTI in the beginning, but coming out of that, I, I have to uh, believe that, that, that had prepared you for, for leadership, right? Uh, going through oh, that experience. Yeah. So what, what, what was, what was it about being an MTI and that experience that like in the beginning you were like, nah, I don't want to do this to, coming out the other end, you know, what, what happened to you during that time? Yeah. So, uh, man, when I first, so I kind of give, I'll go ahead. I, I was just going to say like MTI means military training instructor. It's drill sergeants in the air force. For those of you that don't know, MTI yeah. is like basic training drill instructor. We call them MTIs for those of you who are tracking. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's good. Yeah. So I'll kind of give you the, the full backstory to it. Right. So I was in Germany uh, I, I really wanted to stay in Germany. So I ended up trying to I ended up applying for an assignment to Korea so that I can keep my family in Germany. And uh, uh, and then I was going to go to Korea and come back. I ended up getting that assignment. So I was like, oh, no, it's going to work out. It's all going to be good. Well, during that time, uh, my my supervisor and the chief came to me. They're like, hey, man, what are your thoughts about being an MTI? I was like, no, nah, I ain't trying to be no MTI. Like, I no, I was like, Yo, I'll go to. Yeah, I was like, yo, I'll go to Colorado Springs. Like, I'll do whatever. You, I just don't want to be no MTI. I ain't trying to do that, man. It's just not my thing. I don't. I didn't feel like I could yell at people. I didn't feel like that was my personality. Like, it just, it wasn't me, right? And uh, and so I thought it was a done deal right there. I thought, all right, cool. I, I, I ain't going. I told him no. Like, I ain't worried about it. I ended up <laughs> getting my assignment to Korea, right? I, I just told him no. I'm setting this up. I'm setting this up. And so I get my assignment to Korea. And then two weeks after I get my assignment to Korea, uh, I get an email that says, congratulations, you've been selected as an MTI. And so I was like, I was floored. But I started joking it off. Right. Because my supervisor was a jokester. Like he likes to play tricks and all that good stuff. And so I went to my supervisor. Like, hee hee, ha, ha. like, yo, you got me on that one, man. I got the email. And he was like, what email? I was like, yeah, yeah, the email that you had, somebody sent me saying that I was going to be an MTI. And he was like, nah, bro, like, that's, that was for real, man. I was like, oh. so I was pissed, man. I was pissed. And so I tried to figure a way out and all that good stuff. Long story short, man, uh, had to go through the process, uh, got selected, had to go meet with the, um, the command chief. Uh, I think it was Chief Simmons at the time in Germany. I uh, went to go meet with him and and uh, and uh, I was like, he was like, yo, I heard that you didn't want the position, that you didn't want to be an MTI. I was like, yes, sir. You're absolutely right. Like, I, I don't want nothing to do with it. And uh, that's not my gig. Like, that's not what I do. And he's like, well, we need people like you down there. So you're going to go ahead and go. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, cool. So my mindset is always right. Like the place that you go to, it's always going to be what you make it right. If you go there with a negative attitude, Man, it's gonna be, it's gonna suck, right? Like it's gonna just absolutely suck. Uh, but if you go there with a positive attitude and you say, "Hey, whatever I need to do to get after it to make it happen," that's what's going. I think that's how you set your atmosphere, right? And so I just went in there with a positive attitude, I'm like, "Yo, I didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna put my best foot forward. I'm gonna give it a hundred percent, and I'm gonna grind, and I'm gonna get after it, right?" And uh, man, and I will tell you that the the changing, the thing that changed my mind specifically when I was in the instructor school. Uh, the group commander, uh, Colonel Fisher at the time, uh, he came in and he just he kind of talked to us and he said one thing that just triggered my mind and it just changed my whole thought process about being an instructor. And he said he said there is a, a bunch of people who get to be a part of the Air Force, but there's a select few who get to create the Air Force. And that just changed my mind. I was like, man, I get to be a part of a select group of individuals who get to inspire, motivate, and influence and create the Air Force. And essentially, we make it what we want it to be, right? So uh, like, that's my that was my whole goal. That was my whole mantra uh, going in there, man, is like, yo, if I can make little mini me's, if you will, <laughs> uh, to, to take it to, to the Air Force, man, and be motivated and excited about putting on the uniform every day, man. And, and I don't know, I, I mean, it may sound corny or cliche, but I love putting on a uniform every day, man. Like I'm, I, I just love it. I love it. It makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger than myself, man. And that I'm giving back not only to a community or a brotherhood, but I'm getting, I'm giving back to the nation, man. And and so, I, yeah. And that's what I just tried to, um, you know, pour into the to the next generation as they were coming in, man. So uh, that that was what kind of sparked and changed my mind about the whole process of being an MTI. But yes, I meant. 
to talk to the leadership perspective, man, I grew tremendously there. I grew tremendously from a leadership perspective because you have to take 50 to 60, you know, they call it the rainbow flight when you first come in, right? Because uh, they're all wearing <laughs> civilian clothes uh, until you get them all in uniform. But I had to get 50 to 60 civilians and I had to transform them into, um, you know, uh, machines, warriors, right? Um, and so uh, that was uh, just seeing that, figuring that process out and really having to not only do it from a, a wide perspective of overseeing all 50 or 60, but I had to do it on an individual perspective and try to figure out, hey, what makes this person tick? What makes that person tick? How do I motivate this person, right? And realize too that you're just not gonna grab, you're not gonna grab everyone's attention. Right. Like not everybody's going to be excited about what you bring to the table. And so just figuring those little things out um, along the way was it was just it was super humbling and an and awesome experience. So I would recommend it to anybody. <laughs> well, after that, I, I was going to ask you something else, but I'll, I'll hit that later on just because uh, <laughs> that was that was good. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're you're right, though. You're you're shaping the Air Force, you're shaping of the future of the Air Force. And and it's extremely important. So. <clears throat> Um, I guess with that, what would be other than the tough guys that say, you know, if a TI gets in my face, I'm going to punch him in the mouth. Um, what would you say would be the, the <laughs> sorry, I had, if I had to, my face, no, yeah. if he, if he gets in my face, like, I'm going to slap him right in the mouth. If he gets <laughs> I'm <gonna see> red. <laughs> I swear to God, I just see red and bodies hit the floor. You don't know my mentality, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, godly. <laughs> oh man, I we we all went to school with somebody like that. I would go in, hey, but man. but man, I would just you know get to my face, and I'm just going to hey, punch man. him. Guy yells at me like that. Mm -mm, that uniform don't mean nothing to me, homie. You raise your face with me. You're going to talk to Doctor Jack Johnson and slip smiley. <laughs> 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 but okay all right all right getting this back on track um what like you getting rainbow flight getting you know 50 60 different people from all kinds of different backgrounds uh you know some probably have training from junior rotc some probably like me had nothing so what like what were some of those challenges like what are some of the the most difficult challenges you had um in particular like with with trying to guide these folks and get them on the right path. Yeah, so I'll I'll say that um, you have some you have some folks that come in and think they know it all, right? Because they had the prior ROTC experience and all of that, um, and so they think they got it all together. But I will also say too that there were some ROTC uh, uh, folks that came in and were just like getting after it, and it was it was an easy transition for them, right? It was an easy momentum a shift to where they're like, oh, okay, cool. I get where we're going and, and we just need to get after it and grind. Um, but I think going back to understanding different cultures, different backgrounds, and I think that's key to leadership perspective, right? Is that you're not always gonna have the same, you're not always gonna have people that think the same way that you think, right? Or, or have the same experiences or the same thought processes as you. And so uh, being able to dive into that and do it quickly, uh, but also uh, telling them too straight out the gate, like this ain't gonna be no easy ride. As much as you think that um, you, oh, I, you know, I'll step into your face, I'll fight you, whatever the case may be. The reality is that you're not right. Like you came <laughs> here with the mindset, right? <laughs> like now, don't get me wrong. Like I got stories, right? I got stories where there's some there's some crazy things that happen, and we I can get to those a little bit later. But but uh, but uh, most times, right? Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. People aren't you. You come in there with you know this hard talk, but the reality is, as soon as somebody gets in your face, you stand in a position of attention. That's just being honest, right? Uh, but I would say too that um, uh, the battlefield airmen. The, I had I had a few battlefield airmen flights, right? And uh, man, those were some of the most hard. I, that was my best flight. One of the my battlefield airmen flights was my best flight. Um, uh, they did, I mean, they killed it in PT, they killed it in drill, they killed it in everything. Um, because they knew that there was something more after basic training, right? And so they wanted, they were like, hey, Sergeant Leonard, can you, can you go hard on us? Because we want, we're wanting, wanting to be prepared for what's after this. And so I was like, okay, let's get it. <laughs> and so, um, 
And so they, it turned out that they were my best flight, man. And they, and they just simply destroyed it because they were, they knew what was coming and they were willing to adjust themselves, uh, to take on that pressure, uh, to, to, to be, to be successful. And so I think that's a big key about it for the young, uh, for the young people that are getting ready to join the military in whatever uh, branch you go into, uh, realize, man, that you got to humble yourself, right? That you gotta, you gotta be in a position to where you say, okay, yeah, it may suck for this moment, but it's only making me better, right? Like hard times are only there to make you better. They're not there to destroy you. Uh, they're not there to make you fail, uh, but they're there to make you better. And so when you look at that, when you, when you see it from that perspective, you have two options, right? When you fail or you're in a hard spot, you have two options. You can either wallow in your pity or you can stand up and get after it and grind, right? And figure your way out of that process. And so I would just encourage those folks like, hey, man, it's going to suck. Be honest with you. Like, there's no denying it. Uh, but uh, figure your way out. Stand up, grind, and get after it and be successful. So, yeah, so you, I, I agree with you completely. You know, hard times make us better. Like, and that's kind of what, what we preach. And we all know that a lot of our listeners believe that same thing. And, and you know, and we, we preach that. But, um, like, what are some of the, the things? Because, you know, you're, I'm guessing you're probably somewhat limited to what you're, you're able, like, to create those hard times during basic training. Like, it's inherent to basic mm -hmm. training, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. When, we, when you start talking about, you know, your, your battlefield airman wins or for everybody that's out there, aspect war used to be called battlefield airman and now it's aspect war. It's a name change, no big deal. Um, happen, mm -hmm. believe me, once you get in the Air Force, happens all the time. So, uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, but, um, like what, what are some of those, uh, events or situations that you would create to, to create these hard times to make these folks better and to shape them to, to, you know, project them on the right path? Yeah. So I think a couple of things would, is one, um, you know, when I, when I get up in your face to yell, right, I may be yelling at the individual, but I'm yelling so that the entire team can hear, right? So that that one individual may have made a mistake, right? They may have messed up or whatever the case may be, but I yell not to to belittle that airman or to, to, to call that airman out essentially, but it's so that all the other airmen can hear and be like, Crap, I ain't gonna make that same mistake. You know what I mean? So so then that's one less thing that I gotta deal with, right? Like, oh, cup my hands. Okay, all right. I make sure I ain't gonna not cut my hands because I'm not getting yelled at just like he got yelled at <laughs> for that little thing, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> right. And uh and the other thing is too, right, is that I look for and and every uh, every instructor is different, but I look for the airman or I look for the trainee uh that will try to hide. And try not to say anything, not just try to slim by, right? Like, yo, if I just don't do anything crazy, like he's not gonna notice me. No, 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 no. I'm looking for you, <laughs> right? I'm looking for you. Uh, because I wanna make sure that you understand the full dynamics of what we're getting after, right? Cause you're not gonna just slide by in the Air Force, right? And so I'm not in the I'm not in the uh, profession to kick people out of the Air Force, but I am in the profession to make sure that we get the best of the best, if that makes sense. Hold the line. Um, and so and so, yeah, so I I would encourage, you know, people coming in. Don't don't try to hide. Don't try to, you know, slide by. I would encourage people like if there's opportunity um, uh, to be in a leadership role, like for the Air Force, we have element leaders, dorm chief and all that good stuff. Right. If you have an opportunity uh, to be in one of those positions, don't be afraid to raise your hand and be ready to go. Right. But at the same time, just know that you're going to get you're going to get the majority of the wrath. Right. Like you're going to get the majority of of the of the yelling. And, hey, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you do push ups. I'll make you do sit ups. I'll make you do flutter kicks like I'm. we're going to get after. And then with the with the what did you call it? The aspect war. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. Aspect war. Yeah. 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 So with those with those airmen that are coming in. Right. Like we, we have the opportunity to work them out more because we got to prepare them. Right. And so um, and so, yeah, we're going to get after it big time. And so uh, so those are some of the little things that I would really get after uh, to make sure. But I would also lead by example, too. Right. And again, like I said, not every instructor is the same way. But like if you diving in the dirt, you know, and you got to roll around in that joint. Guess what? I'm getting in there with you. Let's get after it. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, and yeah. And so I think that's, I think that's a big part of uh, what we're supposed to do, man. So hopefully that answered your question. Yep. 
Yeah, it, it totally does. Uh, that's, I'm just going to say something. Guys, never volunteer for anything. I know he said, I know the MTI just said <laughs> to, to volunteer. I got to keep, I got to be real, man. Never volunteer. Sham life forever. Like, if you can get out of it, if you can scare, like, I, I don't think we've ever used this word on the podcast before, but it's inherent in our in our community. Don't scurve, okay? If you, it, scurve is like getting out of work, right? Like if you're a scurve, you're a dude that like goes to his room and hides when everybody else is cleaning. That's, that's called scurving, okay? It may be called shaming in the army. In our community, it's called scurving, so don't be a scurve. But, um, man, Josh, I, I, I completely, just like Peaches, I echo all the things that, that you're saying, man. Like we tell people all the time, like basic is important. People are like, oh, well, what do I need to do in the pipeline? Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to go crush basic training. You need to care about it. You need to take in that information. You need to, you know, adhere to our customs and our norms and our standards and make sure that you understand what's going on. Like, that's step one. So for you as an MTI, for these brand new people, and this is, you know, not aspect war. This is everybody coming in. When you start to see a trainee that's getting it, right, what attributes are shining through? Like, when you see a trainee and you're like, they're right on the verge of making that turn to being a professional airman, what, what are you seeing out of those trainees that get it? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, right, is uh, is their integrity. I think, uh, uh, I mean, again, right, uh, um, uh, the core, one of the core values, right? But uh, but I think integrity is going to shine through for anybody and everybody, right? If if you if you're willing to hold yourself accountable, um, even when nobody's looking, right, when nobody's watching you, when nobody is, um, you know, keeping a close eye on you, and you're able to get in there and still get after it, and if you 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 own up to your mistakes, you own up to your, your uh, failures, man, that's going to bode a long way for you. But I think the other thing is too, is just because you may not be a fast learner, as long as you are, you're trying to figure it out, right? Like I've, I've seen lazy airmen come through, man. And they just try to just try to, you know, oh, well, I, you know, if, if, if my MTI ain't watching, then I ain't going to march right. Or if, if, uh, my MTI ain't watching. I ain't going to make my bed right. And, and uh, um, that's what's going to hold you back. Right. Like I, many times uh, we had to recycle individuals because they just didn't want to get right. Right. Like, hey, you're going to stay here longer than you want to figure it out. All right. Cool. But as long as <laughs> <Right>. you're, <laughs> you know, like, hey, you're going to learn today. But but yeah, I mean, uh, as long as you're trying to figure it out, like uh, for fitness. Right. Is if, if you're. If I'm if you're out there doing PT with me and you aren't you can't meet your push up uh, minimum or you can't meet your sit up minimum and you're in the day room or you're in uh, uh, your um, you know, you're in your uh, dorm area trying to do push ups and sit ups on your own time because you're trying to grow. Like those are the things that we notice. Right. Those are the things that we pay attention to to be like. Okay, this person is is really going to get after it. The other thing that we really see too is is that you know when leaders start to shine, right? That's how uh, a lot of times you start picking your leaders for your flight, right? Is your element leaders and your dorm chiefs? I start seeing people kind of um, shine. I'll ask questions, obviously, like, "Yo, what did you do in your you know prior to to coming here?" Right? Oh, well, I was a you know a little league football coach or whatever. Okay, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, just little things like that, right? That I'll, I'm like, okay, let me watch and see how much of a coach this person really is. Um, or, you know, if uh, a person is trying to be in a leadership position and somebody else corrects them and they take that correction, right? If they, another airman tries to correct them and they take that correction, like that's a thing that I notice, right? Because you don't know everything. Right. The reality is you don't know everything. So I'm going to take notice of that and be like, OK, he, he or she is willing to to take the chains and, and move it a little bit because they knew that they weren't right in it. So uh, those are some of the little things that trigger uh, instructors to be like, OK, I can use this person in a leadership position or I see this person getting after it because they're willing to do it on their own time to get to get over those hurdles. So. Got it. That's awesome. Peaches, Trent, were you guys were you guys dorm chiefs at all? Were, were you guys leadership positions at all? Nah. Nope. Uh, no, no, but okay, I, I, well. I will say, I will say like, if, if you are and and I got it, Aaron said, you know, don't do that. Like, don't <laughs> do it. Don't volunteer for it. <clears throat> if you do decide to do it, don't think that you are better than everybody else, because I've seen that. I've seen people act like, oh, oh well, I, I've, I've got a rope or I'm, I'm like, and admittedly, I don't know exactly, but you see those people that are MTLs or their ropes and they are acting like pricks because they think for some reason that they're better than them. You're not, you're not better. 
than anybody else. And if I see yep. you doing it, I'm going to wreck you. <laughs> Damn. Not, 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 that I'm, not that I'm at Lackland, but, you know. If, but no, I, I, it's the same way, too. You're absolutely right. You hit the nail right on the head, right? Like, that's the same thing in instructor is Like, if you think that you're better than somebody, I'll fire you in a heartbeat. You, hey, and I'll, and I'll do it in front of the fight. Yes. Everybody knows. Yes. Oh, crap. Like, he just jacked up. You know I mean? Nice. Well, uh, that actually happened to me, and then I was appointed dorm chief, everybody. So no big deal. I'm sure this comes as a shock to everybody. But I was the dorm chief, and I was the worst. So this started a long time ago. We, uh, so we covered – oh, by the way, Peaches mentioned ropes. In technical training, that's how we, we – a student leader, you wear a rope on your uniform and it's different colors, right? So that's that's what he's talking about. Um, so we covered the good stuff, right? Now give us some stuff to avoid. Everybody's getting ready to go into basic training other than like, you know, punching a drill sergeant in the face because that's what kind of dude you are. You know, grew up on the block and you're going to punch. If he gets in his face, I'm going to punch you. Um, what, what are some mistakes that you see? Those common mistakes that you just roll your eyes at and you're like, listen, guys, don't do this. Yeah, I would say... <laughs> I would say come in with some motivation, right? Uh, a lot of people, obviously, you're going to be nervous, right? Like, that's just the reality. Everybody's going to be nervous, whether you want to admit it or not, right? Like, you're going to have some nerves and you're trying to figure out you're coming together with a group of people that you've never met before. They're all from different diverse backgrounds and everything like that, right? Uh, but come in with some motivation, you know. Uh, uh, normally, during the first day of BMT, uh, we come in super early. Normally you come in late, right? You're coming in at two or three o'clock in the morning and then we turn around and wake you up at five thirty, five forty-five, right? And uh, and we're coming in, boom, bang, shouting, screaming, throwing trash cans down the hall. Like, you know what I mean? Just just everything that we can do to scare the living daylights out of you, right? And as <laughs> long as you move, as long as you move with a sense of urgency, like that's all we're looking for uh, in the beginning. Right. And and uh, and so if you're coming in and you're just like, well, you know, I, I'm a you know, whatever. I'm about to be whatever the Air Force needs me. And I, 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 I struggle with this because I know that there are people out there now who think that uh, it's the the Air Force is Air Force is benefiting by you coming in. When the reality is, is that you should understand that you are being benefited by joining an elite group of individuals. Right. And so uh, don't come in with this chip on your shoulder thinking that, oh, the Air Force needs me. Right. Um, uh, and so if you come in with a sense of urgency, um, the other thing that I see is, is that, um, you know, people just the small not paying attention to detail. Right. Like you, if you can't clean up after yourself, if you can't you know, make your bed properly, right? Like these are little things that all we're trying to do is instill a sense of attention to detail. Think of the small things, the minor things, the little things, right? And most times, just like you said, right? A lot of the uh, airmen come in and they be like, well, what do I got to do to get ready for the pipeline? Well, you just completely missed BMT and you got to pay attention to the small things, right? Like you got to pay attention to the detail. And so get after those things first. And so that's a that's what we see a lot of times is a lot of times we think that we see the airmen come in and they're like, oh, yeah, this is the Air Force is 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 a bene is benefiting because I'm here. I know they're not like I can get you to roll out right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I get you to roll out right now. And so don't even think that. So just come in with an attitude of, you know, let me get after it. Let me have a sense of urgency. Uh, let me love what I do. I think that's the other piece, right? Is love what you do, even those small things, right? They suck, but love it, right? Love it. Like when, I remember when I went through BMT, man, like my, my whole mindset was like, let me get my wall locker and like to where the MTI has nothing to say about. Like he, he, he or she has to walk by and be like, okay, yeah, we didn't find nothing on Airman Leonard. We didn't find nothing on him, right? Like that's like, love that, right? Like that's what I, I'm like, yo, I'm about to outdo my instructor, right? Like that's, that's what the MTIs look for. I want to be able to go into a wall locker and be like, dang, this dude killed it. But I'm still going to find something, though. You know what I mean? Just to make sure he knows. <laughs> don't let him get comfortable. Yeah, don't get comfortable. Yeah, don't get comfortable up in here. But I, we, we pay attention to those things. So just love what you do, man. Come in with a sense of urgency uh, and pay attention to the detail. Those are some of the things that we do see that are lacking uh, when when they come in. So. 
Well, the, don't get ahead of my question. Gee, you're, you're, you're going on, you're taking off. Like you're, you're answering all the questions I want to ask. But like, I, I, I was going to bring up, I, you didn't come in with like a victim mentality. You know, like you worked really hard. You came from a place where I don't think a lot of recruits came from. And, and I, I have a benefit of, of knowing some of your background before we started here. Um, and, and you worked really hard just to get into the Air Force. And I think what you see a lot of times is, is these kids or these candidates show up and immediately adopt this, like, this is something that's happened to me, victim mentality, where that really wasn't your experience because of, uh, you know, all the things that you had to do to, to get through that. So, like, how often did you replay your experiences before joining and in BMT while you were there as an instructor? Oh, man, that's a great question. I would replay them all the time, right? Like, I would, re- I mean, in my mind, and then I would even tell stories uh, to the to the airmen about my life situation to be like, oh, like you don't understand the opportunity that you have in front of you, right? Like you don't understand what has been placed at your feet and all you have to do is grind after it, right? All you have to do is step up to the plate and say, I got it, right? Like uh, because of the humble beginnings that I came from and like it was it was tough just to join. Like it was, I mean, I'll tell you that before I even started on my path to try to join the Air Force, I was in HVAC. My my uncle got me a job in HVAC, right? And I can't even really say that it's a job because I was only there a week, right? They were there on a test. They were me testing me, right? And I couldn't figure, man, I couldn't measure nothing. <laughs> I couldn't cut nothing right, right? And so after the week, <laughs> After the week, the, the the supervisor called me and he was like, hey, Josh, uh, uh, you ain't cutting it, man. Like literally and figuratively, you're not cutting it, right? Like, like we're going to have to let you go, right? And so like coming from a place where I didn't have anything to a place to where, man, I have an opportunity Um I want to go. I want to run after. I want to chase after. So I always played those memories and those thoughts into into the airmen so that they understood. One of the stories that I or one of the the illustrations that I always give uh, the airmen was, as you know, again, paint going back to paying attention to detail. Right. So when in the beginning stages of BMT, they do uh, what we call, you know, essentially we have to come in and check all of your stuff. Right. We, we, we come in, we check and make sure that you ain't got nothing crazy. You ain't got no, nothing, no type of uh, drug paraphernalia, no weapons, no nothing. Right. And we tell you to lay everything on your bed. Right. And we tell them to do it in a specific order. And so when we do that, uh, we come in and we already know like the, the airmen are going to mess it up. Right. They're going to mess it up. And so I always give them this illustration. I'm like, yo, when you go to, if you decide to work at McDonald's, right. And you go in there and they tell you to 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 uh, fry the fries and you go in there and jack it up and you just continually jack it up. What do you think they're going to do to you? Right. And, they, you know, they always give me that look like they're, they're, they're going to fire me. And I just go off on them. You daggone, they're going to fire you. Right. Like I'm going off on them. Right. Because I want them to understand, man, you have an opportunity and all you got to do is pay attention to detail. Right. Like. I, and so uh, and that's the mindset that I try to get them into is that, yes, man, like we all come from walks of life. I had airmen come in who had just a, a, a big old bag of just clothes and everything, like a trash bag. Right. And laid it on the bed. I said, what do you got all this stuff for? I mean, like, what are you doing? Like, why? Why did we tell you only bring certain things? And, uh, and he just looked up and said, sir, this is all I had. You know, I was homeless. I didn't have none to my name. And this is all I had. And so that humbles you, right? Like you pull yourself back and be like, oh, man, okay. All right, well, take that crap off the bed then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, get, get everything you own squared away, my guy. Get it off the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so, you know, I man, I always relate stories back to the airmen to say, hey, you may have had a great lifestyle. You may have had both parents in your home. You may have had the money that you needed to to be success, successful. And, and this just may be something because you just wanted to do it right. But realize, right, that this is still an opportunity, that there are thousands of people that want to be in your position, that want to be in your shoes right now. Right. And they can't because of some circumstance, because of some situation because they couldn't get their degree or, or their, their high school diploma or they couldn't get the 15 college credits, whatever it is. Right. They want to be in your shoes and they can't. Uh, and so take don't ever take this opportunity lightly. So yeah, that's what I kind of share. You're with not you. wrong. I mean, there's people that <clears throat> they want to come in. They just want to come in 
and but they can't because of medical reasons. You know, right? I, exactly. we, yep. we are turning people around, and some of them, I would say, are, are probably um, silly that we would be turning people away from. Uh, other ones are legitimate. I mean, it's just it's just reality. We have to have a force that is uh, capable of deploying worldwide, not just you know stateside stuff. So um, it's unfortunate because I'm sure that we lose. In fact, I'm not sure. I know that we lose some phenomenal people to some, let's just call it insignificant medical restrictions or, or whatever you want to call it. But um, I, I do want to ask, and, and it's not that I'm, I'm trying to bring it up. It's just that it's, it's fascinating to me because uh, my last assignment or two assignments ago, I was in Tampa and, and there was a recruit who was no kidding, living under a bridge, uh, homeless and, and uh, came in the aspect war. Unfortunately, didn't make it or he wasn't selected. He, he never quit, but he just wasn't mm-hmm. selected out of ANS. And so uh, what are, what are like one or two things that you carried with you since you, since you came from a, a, a similar situation, what are like one or two things that you carried with you throughout your career that you, that, you know, you kind of learned when you were in that kind of situation? Yeah, uh, a couple of things come to mind, man. The first thing is, is I always learn to seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of that opportunity, right? Like I've always learned to seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of that opportunity, meaning that I just did, I never allowed an opportunity to to pass me by, right? Like even even though I knew it was going to be challenging, even though I knew it was going to be hard, I knew that you know, being, uh, you know, married to my wife at 17 years old, um, already had one kid. Oh, no, we had both of our, our, our kids at the time um, having to go to, to do a night shift for a job to go to school during the day, working off maybe three, four hours of sleep a day just so that I can join the Air Force. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it was an opportunity that I could not miss. Right. It was an opportunity that I had to say, hey, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to get after it. I'm going to grind. Right. Um, and so that that was a big that's a thing that I take I carry with me throughout my career. Right. And that was the same for when I became an instructor. Right. Uh, an MTI instructor. And that's the same thing that I carry even to this legislative fellow. Right. Like this. This job came on in as a whim. Right. Like I just heard about it in 2020. Uh, it just my my career assistance advisor sent it out. And I was like, I right, this is pretty cool. Like I've never heard of this. Right. Let me apply for it. And uh, and so it, I just didn't let that opportunity ever slip me by. And so I would I would encourage the audience. Right. To just be a hey, don't ever let an opportunity of a lifetime pass you by. Always look at it as, man, let me get after it. Let me figure it out. Let me claw at it. Let me, let me whatever it takes to get there. Let me do that. Right. Uh, and the other, the other thing is it's kind of broken up into five pieces. It's, it's really kind of like my internal mantra other than my, my, my three H's. It's my five P's. It's passion, potential, process, pain, and purpose. Right. And so my passion and my potential, my passion is my why. What I what I why I grind on the day to day. And I said that a little bit earlier. It's my kids. Right. It's my family. Like I'm super family oriented. Uh, I love my wife, love my kids, man. And, and um, I always strive to set that example and then potential understanding the potential, you know, ha- you have inside of you. Right. Like understanding, you know, I can do this. I can achieve this. Don't ever doubt yourself. Right. Um, and so I always say this, too, that when your passion and your potential collide, you're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. When you allow your passion of why you're doing what you're doing to collide with your potential, man, ain't nobody can stop you. Right. The only person that can stop you is you. And so I I just encourage people to see that and play that through, because then once you allow those two things to collide, that that propels you into your trajectory of your process. Right. And then in that process. That's whatever it is that you've laid in front of you. That's BMT, the pipeline, that's your career, whatever it is, right? That's what you have laid in front. That's the opportunities that have been laid in front of you that you're going to go after, right? And during that process, you're going to experience some pain, right? Like you're going to go through some heartache. You're going to go through some hurt. You're going to go through some upsets. You're going to go through some failures, right? And the only, I think I, uh, I tell people this all the time, right? The, the, there's, uh, um, a distinct difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person. And the only difference is not money, houses, cars, and nothing like that. 
The only difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person is how they respond to failure, right? That's how, that's the only difference. The only difference is, is like, oh, okay, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to, I'm going to get up. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to learn from my failures and I'm going to grow. Right. And then that, that process and that pain will ultimately allow you to see your purpose, right? It'll ultimately allow you to see your purpose. And now what people make the mistake of is thinking that purpose is, is the end goal, right? That is not the end goal. Purpose is not the end goal. Purpose is what has been played out from the very beginning. Right. So when you when you understand your passion from that moment, you understand your passion to walking that bad boy out. You've already started walking in your purpose. And so that purpose has been with you all along that journey. Right. So when I was when I was an MTI, I was walking in my purpose. When I'm a services guru as a sustainment superintendent, I was walking in my purpose as a legislative fellow. I'm walking in my purpose. And so, I mean, those are the things that I really hold near and dear to my heart that has that have helped me uh, through my walk and my journey and my career and in, in my faith, to be honest with you as well, too. So, yes. Speak, speaking of which, it's it's, you know, like we, we talk about all this opportunity, you know, and, and that's one of the things I wanted to hit on today is is your all the opportunity and services in the Air Force, uh, in, in the military in general, and then in, in your personal life, because like honestly, like when I found out about you and, and, you know, my, my wife talks about, you know, how awesome you are, but like this idea that you can't do more, you know, like you're, you're not only like a, an air force leader and all this other stuff, but you, you find time to be like a, a, a community leader, right. And do all these other things. I think it's just important for people to understand that even if you're in the military, like you can do more than just the air force, right? Like, so like, how do you, where do you have time to do all this stuff? And, and how important it is for you to like, to live this full life. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know how to explain to people out there that like, Hey, here's this guy. He's a senior master in the air force. Yeah. He's also a pastor. He, he's done all these amazing things. Like, how is that even possible? You know, like it's crazy, man. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, man. Like it's nothing but God. I'll be honest. If I can be honest, man, like I sit back and I, I think the same thing. I'm like, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what this is going to look like. Um, but it's just genuinely my faith to believe that God is going to see me through, man. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I do get the opportunity to be a pastor in the local community. When I was in Little Rock, um, I was a pastor there, man, helping out. We did, you know, a bunch of stuff in the community, man. We had a, a five, uh, um, five fish and two loaves, uh, community outreach program that we did. Um, and, uh, man, I also, I, I love influencing and, and building people. And so I used to do curriculum. And so that's kind of what you're hearing right now too, right? My five P's, my three H's, like those are some of the curriculum things that I've done for the air force. Like I'll go in and teach. They allow me to go in and talk to ALS. They allow me to go in and talk to the, um, the professional enhancement seminars and stuff like that, man, to speak to those things. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I would say that it's just a mindset of this is my passion. This is what I love to do. I love impacting people. I love seeing people walk in their destiny. I love seeing people walk in their purpose. I love seeing people like the light come on, if that makes sense, right? Like when they, uh, that was one thing that really triggered me in BMT when I was an instructor too, is like, when you see the airmen and, and the light just turns on for them and they're like, oh man, this is it? Like, and it, it just, it just, it floors you, right? And to see them go from being that rainbow flight to when they graduate and they're just marching in unison and they're like singing the cadence with you. And they're, you know, they're just loving it and they're eating it up. Right. Because it's what they love. Like they just, it triggers a whole nother thing in me, man. And, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, Pat, uh, uh, another passion for me is people, right? I love people and I love to see them be successful. And so that's what wakes me up every morning. That's what keeps me grinding. I, I buy, by no means am I perfect, right? By no means am I uh, at this epitome, right? I don't think I've ever reached that level, um, but that's what I strive for on a day-to-day -day basis, man. I strive to be uh, the best version of me that I can be, regardless if people like it or don't like it, you know? I'm going, I tell people all the time, people are gonna like you and people ain't gonna like you, right? Why am I gonna be worried about the people that don't like you? Like, I don't care. You you figure it out, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna continue to be me, yeah. so. Aaron but knows yeah, something about that. <laughs> yeah but no I, I i appreciate it i think we got to wrap up we're, we're at the end but like I'll, I'll hold to it i've said it once before and i'll say it again i show up here 
not because I care about other people getting these messages, but because like I get something out of all these, all the guests that we have on and I'm a selfish person and I'm, I'm here for it. So uh, go out there and, and make sure you're leaving us reviews and uh, tell Aaron all about himself and his, his audio issues and, and all that other kind of stuff. So we'll catch y'all next time. This one's ready signing off later.